and welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 117 from A to U. We're talking point A and updates. I'm your host, Ryan Spilkin, and joining me today is Matthew Stubblefield. Hey, Matthew, what's happening? Good to see you, Ryan, and happy to be here. Oh, man. Well, we're starting at point A, and then we're going to the X marks the spot, and um, Mm -hmm. then we'll do a U-turn and uh, maybe... Hopefully end up somewhere with sushi. Ooh. (laughs) That sounds really good. You know, uh, but... Well, that was so good, I can't actually <laughs> have no good way to <laughs> I got no segue. My brain has no room for anything but boats, sushi. Now I'm just thinking about delicious, flavorful salmon, damn it. You know where I bet they have good fish, Ryan? Australia. Where? Yeah? Oh, you're totally right. Off the coast? Oh, forget about it. You know what else is in Australia? Yeah. Oh, I do. The uh-huh. Atlassian team. And they have made it... Uh, abundantly clear the cloud is where it's at so much so that after they launched uh jira work management the register picked up on it and said not only that uh atlassian is blowing up but they are going to send jira to places that only excel dares to tread are you scared yet (laughs) Uh, we've talked about work management a little bit in the past and it is taking sort of the cell or table approach, uh, providing a list. It's it's actually kind of similar. We, we highlighted this uh, to Trello's move a couple months ago of taking some different views and making them kind of the core product and and whatnot. Uh, but uh, I actually have to, to issue a, a correction to our viewers at home, uh, something that I'd said in a previous podcast. We were looking at work management and going, you know, this looks like um, kind of like a, a new thing for for Jira, but it's not just Jira Core. Uh, specifically, you know, when you buy Jira software right now, you get Jira Core, uh, cores included with Jira Ser- Service Desk or now Jira Service Management. It's like the underlying layer. It appeared that Jira Work Management was going to be something totally separate and unique. Uh, but in today's cloud update notes that we're reporting on, uh, it's it's very explicit. Uh, Jira Work Management is a rebrand. It is the quote-unquote next generation of Jira Core. Thank God they did not call it Jira Next Generation. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> then but, next generation projects, okay, no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've rebranded from Jira Core to Jira Work Management. Stay tuned for updates and more documentation, exciting new features. So this is, this is interesting because Jira Work Management is part of point A, which we're going to talk more about. It had appeared to be a separate thing. Now they're saying it's rebranded Jira Core, which suggests if you have Jira software on cloud in the future or if you get Jira service management, you will have work management, presumably. Well, this is what I was saying, and this is and exactly why I'm so excited about using Jira work management, because it takes some of the features that are in service management and in software and strips out some of the more software-focused things puts everything together in a graphic interface that business project managers are really used to. So for for my colleagues in, in marketing, this is going to be like, they're going to start, they're going to get excited. I just, I feel mm-hmm. it. I feel it coming. I'm excited for the list view and being able to modify these fields in line like we talked about in weeks past. Uh, I'm seeing my teams use calendars uh, more and, and not just like, we, we're heavy user Google calendars, but they want to have 
their sprints and they want to have their their stories and their other things in the calendar alongside when people are going to be on leave and and having all that information in one place and so uh i'm i, I think this is going to be just sweet especially when you add in things like you know think tone pro forma and being able to modify your fields and uh, build all kinds of really cool stuff yeah the just the fact that they're putting a simple front end portal for business teams to get other teams connected to them is just huge so yeah. so much stuff that i'm excited about here there are more updates to the cloud platform there are yeah, yeah. and particularly in jira uh looking at we've we've actually got like three weeks of cloud changes to report on so i'll start with jira platform stuffs uh, first, advanced roadmaps for Jira, new dependency features, uh, something that I have wanted for a long time, the ability to click and drag and draw a line between uh, stories to set a dependency. Um, so this is just a super nice quality of life improvement, makes it so fast and easy. It should be noted when you do this, you are creating an issue link between the issues, uh, defaults to the block link type. So you're saying that one issue is blocked by the other. That's how you indicate dependencies. And for those uh, who are more traditional project managers, uh, this is a finish to start relationship. So when you're drawing dependencies and you can't do anything fancy like a start to start, finish to finish type of relationship, it's just, you're, you're really just creating a block link, but it will visualize that. You can you can draw it between multiple you know stories and, and whatnot. But uh, uh, very nice improvement for advanced roadmaps on the cloud there. Again, just in the cloud. Uh, we've talked about the work management rebrand uh, in the new issue view, which uh, for those of you on cloud, you know this has become uh, the default view. It's it's you, you almost can't even call it the new issue view anymore. It's just your issue view. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you can now add web links to images. So when you've, you've got an image in, you can... Uh, Create a link to it to, to point somewhere else. Uh, set a URL for that. Uh, so yeah, that, that's nice. Uh, and Jira software time estimation is on the way. Um, it's new this week. It's on the, in the process of rolling out, and there will be more features for time estimation in the future. Uh, I think what's particularly notable about this, uh, you can add the original estimate field uh, through a drag and drop uh, in your project settings. Get it on your your screen pretty easily. Uh, and then you can estimate the time that work will take and do JQL uh, queries to find specifics related to time. Um, so extending Cloud's JQL to uh, do time is, is you know, one of the new things here as well. Um, a feature that we've had on server for a long time, creating an association between Confluence and a Jira project. Uh, so between space, being able to set, like here's the project for the space. Uh, it comes to Cloud and then making it easy for users to join Confluence from the project pages, uh, connecting Jira and Confluence with the project page improvements. Uh, all of that is in the process of rolling out. And last but not least, in the Jira platform, uh, you can save time configuring multiple projects by copying field layouts. So this is not uh, associating fields to screens through you know, what we think of as server DC as a screen scheme where you, you create the screen scheme and then you associate that with the issue type screen scheme and put that in the project, da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like 20 clicks. Um, it's a bit more streamlined than that. And it's something we've been waiting to see from Elastium for a long time. There's, you know, We've had this assumption for years that cloud is doing away with schemes and it's going to have an easier way 
to manage projects of scale. Uh, so um, we've been seeing these type of features over the last year. Nice to see the ability to copy the field layouts to uh, additional projects. If you haven't given it a try before, get into the interface uh, and uh, see how it goes, particularly um, in Jira Software Cloud, taking that issue layout and copying it to other projects that use the same screen. In Jira Service Management Cloud, a request types layout can be copied to other request types, including those in other projects that use the same screen. And over in Confluence Cloud, there are several really pretty nice UX uh, quality of life improvements for users, including hovering over a page in the sidebar to see more info. So the title is never enough, right? You hover over the link, you see the picture, you click on the link, you see, <laughs> you go to the page. I think that's a delightful way to uh, look around in a space. They've also made editing content faster. So when you see pages and blogs in your recent menu in the Confluence navigation or on the homepage, you can jump directly into editing that content. There's just going to be an edit icon next to the name of the page. This is slick, man. All right. Uh, you're also able to see pages in your space differently. You can now disable the page tree uh, by using the three-dot menu next to page or the ellipses menu in the pages in the space sidebar. You can remove that view and look at it by date or by alphabetical order, uh, and the choice that you make is going to be persistent. People listed in page restrictions will now be displayed alphabetically, which I think is just, you know, kind of a nice common sense touch that makes it easier to find who you've uh, kicked out of your content and then welcome them back in. We've discussed this one before, but uh, it's rolling out completely. New spaces are now assigned a random icon, so it's a little faster and easier to visually distinguish spaces from each other. Also, the act of content creation is getting a whole lot simpler because you can jump in and start a new page with just one click inside of your space. No more template selection, no more blank. You just hit create and you can then just start on a blank page. Or if you feel like it, choose your template from the editor itself. Put it directly in my veins. Um, finally, not so much a UX thing, but still a handy functionality. You're able now to transform any page into a blog in your Confluence space. There are several reasons why, as a user, you might not want to have a bit of content exist as a blog just yet. Maybe you're working on a draft. Maybe you are um, trying to get some stakeholders signed off on ideas, etc. Maybe you're like me and you accidentally created it as a page. <laughs> Be like Matthew and turn it into a blog now in Confluence Cloud. You could just use the, and this this is actually, I think the um, mechanism by which you use this feature is pretty nice. Um, in the more actions menu, right next to publish, you can choose it to be uh, saved as a draft or convert to a blog right from there. And finally in Confluence Cloud, the advanced roadmaps for Jira plan macro is available. This will let you deposit uh, a representation of your Jira plan roadmap onto a Confluence page with grace and ease and give you some interactive abilities right there on your Confluence page. So if you're a Confluence user and you're getting some uh, enjoyment out of these changes, connect with us on social. Let us know what you think. 
Last in our cloud platform updates, we have Bitbucket with improvements and updates to webhooks. Uh, so uh, if, uh, if you use webhooks in Bitbucket, the history has been extended from 12 hours to one week. There have been improvements in the overall delivery of webhooks, uh, but also an uh, end of support and feature removal. So webhooks that are larger than 256K, no longer supported. Uh, and if you have any larger webhooks, I don't even know if, you know, I'm, I'm not that familiar with webhooks. I don't even know if like, that's a ridiculously large webhook. 256K is one of those like, you know, back in the day, no one will ever need 256K of memory. Uh, and now we all have computers with like, you know, 16 gig or 32 gig of memory. So I don't know if that's, I, my assumption is uh, like a 512K webhook is ridiculously large. Uh, anyway, they're not they're not supported anymore, probably for performance reasons. Um, and then the resend request button has been removed, so you, you can't just spam that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, and uh, setting uh, IP addresses for valid um, outgoing connections, uh, so you can you can set that, and um, they've got some lasting cloud IP ranges and domains on their pages you can use. Uh, we're also linked to an article. Uh, on the Bitbucket blog uh, titled Extinguishing Our Performance Fires and Rebuilding for the Future. Uh, so this is all about some performance incidents in Bitbucket Cloud. It's it's really uh, identifying Atlassian's commitment to transparency and communication, uh, goes through some of the challenges they faced, shares some of the graphs, some of the things they did to their underlying file system, to their caching, to improve performance, make things better. If this is the type of thing that's of interest to you, we'll link to it in the show notes. Go out and give it a read. Um, I think, you know, for me, I was talking with one of our developers this morning. Uh, one of my teams is doing kind of a proof of concept of migrating. We're, we're not really migrating a lot of content, but like migrating our process from what used to be Stash uh, and is now called Bitbucket Server. Uh, as well as Bamboo Server. So we've been using both of those and moving that to Bitbucket Cloud and Pipelines. So it's not like we're, we're migrating our Bamboo plan. We're just building it afresh, you know, building a new thing in Bitbucket Pipelines, new way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And I loved his comment on it this morning. He said, you know, using Stash and Bamboo, it's kind of dark. It's It's heavy. It's a little... Uh, obtuse. He didn't use the word obtuse, but like he was, he was trying to communicate the feelings he got out of using it and, and trying to make it work. And we run into a lot of performance issues with Bamboo. We run into a bunch of flaky tests and things failing inexplicably and having to rerun them and setting up Bamboo plans can kind of, kind of be, be frustrating sometimes and it's really time consuming. And uh, in comparison, Bitbucket Cloud and Pipelines, like he got everything loaded in and he's building out the pipeline. He said, it's like 15 lines of code. Like it was just so light and easy. And, uh, you know, my impression is, is powerful because we're achieving the same thing, but so much faster and easier and, uh, with more reliability, um, in the cloud, right? Like, uh, you know, not, it's sort of counterintuitive, I think for me, cause I tend to assume the systems we run locally, are going to be better. But, you know, we talked on the podcast before, Bamboo has not seen a lot of updates the last couple of years. I don't know if that's a contributing factor, but I do know Bitbucket Pipeline's pretty slick. I've I've been excited about it since I first saw it a few years ago. So you can read this article on performance if you want. 
Or if you've got access to Bitbucket Cloud, go give it a try. Check out pipelines. If you've been using Bamboo for a while, you might be pleasantly surprised because you can build your, your plans and your deployments out there pretty darn quick and easy. Step into the light of Bitbucket mm-hmm. Cloud. And finally, on this episode of the podcast, Matthew and I had the extreme pleasure of sitting down for an interview with Atlassian's distinguished product manager, Sharif Mansour. Let's take a listen to that interview now. Now joining us on the podcast for a very special Team 21 follow-up is, Sharif, what's your title? What do I introduce you as? I have the the fanciest title that my team makes fun of me uh, for having. It's called a distinguished product manager, and I'm supposed to stroke a mustache, as I say, but I don't really have one. But let's You're- pretend I am for your listeners. <laughs> well, distinguished product manager himself, Sharif Mansour. Sharif, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Ryan and Matthew, and thank you for this uh, lovely podcast. I have been a longtime listener, subscribed to the Adaptivist podcast for a while. So, Oh, no. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. Isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's wonderful to have you. And it is so great because we, when we saw point A right before Team 21, we kind of geeked out. Like before we recorded, Brenda, Matthew, and I were just like, oh, this looks so cool. But what, well, they got to tell us more. <laughs> Team, oh, the meat, it's just around the corner. So this seems like a really different approach to a rollout than we've ever seen. So you're offering betas of several tools, uh, but you're bundling them together under these names. Tell us what, why, why is it coming out like this? So to be clear for the listeners, the, the products aren't, uh, it's not like an all in one package. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, it's more of a, uh, so that, um, the backstory is we have had quite a few product ideas at Atlassian that we've been sitting on for a long time and we've never been able to, um, justify working on them. You know, there's always something else to do in Jira or in Confluence or in Trello. Um, and, um, you know, I think all, all product teams will suffer from this stack rank prioritization, um, focus on your top things and whatever. And so over some time we've, made the call that we need to start, you know, solving some of these problems that our customers have been asking for. Um, it all started really organically. So um, one of the point A products is called Team Central and a bunch of people, including myself, started working on this without telling our managers on the side. So we would, we would a day a week, we would get in a room and, and work on something quietly. It's a lot of, a lot of fun. We got caught uh, one day um, and then over time, um, this has also been brewing as well, been trying to allocate a set set of uh, people and teams to work on these new products that are, um, if you like, untouchable, like as in we're not going to put them into the global prioritization pool. And so with that, we created uh, a, the what we called point A. Um, it's mainly a, a reference term to uh, reference all the incubator style products and ideas that are in, in, being explored under Atlassian's banner. Um, they're not necessarily related to each other other than they're all early phase products um, that, that we want customer feedback on. So they're not, um, some of them are related, but uh, they're not necessarily, uh, you know, point all of the products for in point in the point A programmer for one customer. At least in the circles that I'm in, they're generating a lot of excitement. So for, for something that was like a under the radar, you know, 10, 20% time hack day type thing, like we're, we're really keen on them. And, and I was curious 
from your perspective as the distinguished product manager, is your vision that these would become core features, so like built into Jira, or do you see them more as plugins delivered through the marketplace? Like, do you know yet where they're going to go? Great question, um, Matthew. Uh, th- they're, a, they're a mix, um, but I, th- I think it's fair to say we, if we sus- suspect something is going to end up to be a feature of another product, um, or uh, an app, or, or or like a on top of something else's platform, we try to make those calls early. Um, so if it's a feature of another product, it'll end up exiting the program and going onto the product's roadmap. Um, if it's an app on top of Jira or an app that's standalone, those are the kinds of things we want to nurture through this program uh, and create an environment for them uh, to grow. So the ones that have made the the public uh, uh, limelight, if you like, uh, are the ones that are likely either to be an app of Jira or a standalone app. Um, or maybe one day we'll have some that come out for app of Confluence or an app for Trello or, or something else. But um, uh, so there's been a few that haven't made it through the program and we've learned and adapted and um, and shifted. And, um, you know, they've either ended up on product roadmaps or in platform roadmaps or whatever it is. Point A makes it very deliberate that you want to invite people in for feedback. You want to bring them in on the innovation journey. How are you intending to to incorporate that feedback that you're calling for? What's the plan for for taking in users' uh, responses? Yeah, uh, good question. Um, it's a mix. Look, generally speaking, we 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 know we have a lot of people there that are our champions and are excited about our products and we're so thankful for that. And so point A was trying to give them one lens to come through to see, show me all the new products that are happening so I don't have to go, you know, there's a team doing this over here and there's another team doing this over there. So they can, atlassian.com slash point hyphen A, atlassian.com slash point hyphen A is the landing page where they can come in and say, all right, here's the new products Atlassian's exploring with. Um, And we hope that that's a long-term thing that'll always be stuff coming through the pipeline. uh, right now, there is four uh, products we're exploring in this area. Uh, and if they go in there and um, some products are available immediately to try and they can attach them to their um, cloud sites or uh, attach them to their Jira or whatever it is they're already using. Uh, some products are, have wait lists and the wait lists, um, you can sign up to them as well. And as you, if you sign up to the existing products, there's in-app ways to give feedback as well as um, usually people like me reach out to you and hassle you and say, hey, do you have time for like... Um, you know, to give, to help us shape this product. Um, and, and so we, we do it that way. We've been really fortunate in some of our, well, actually all the point A products, we've effectively shaped them with a handful of customers that were, uh, were much more higher touch with than we normally are. So for example, uh, I've worked most of my time on Team Central and um, we have been building that product with a bunch of customers and with internal Atlassian customers at the same time. Um, and uh, there are people that sort of, took some bets with us and jumped in early and tried to help us shape the product as, as we went. Um, and so we're really thankful for those folks. Um, and so it's in beta now and we're still shaping it based on a lot of customer feedback. I think we'll be in beta for a while as we um, continue to, to evolve it. So let's talk a little bit more about um, design philosophy and uh, uh, communication philosophy and like how you approach these products. And you've already kind of touched on this. You, you preempted uh, one of my questions a little bit, but We've, we've talked about in the podcast in the past, and, and Ryan and I have talked about this for years, that we perceive a difference uh, in sort of target audience and the, the philosophy of Jira Server and Data Center and Jira Cloud. Server and Data Center, much more of that 
kind of like a command and control style of project management. You've got uh, constrained workflows and fields, permission schemes. It's it's much more controlled top down. All about the work management to facilitate reporting at scale because you've got to have clean data. You've, you've got to be able to to scale this up to an enterprise. Whereas Jira Cloud has always felt more about the communication and collaboration. It's about getting started quickly. It's about the team focus as opposed to the company-wide focus. And, and you can do some of those wider enterprise things, but it's, you know, anybody can create a board and a project and then create statuses, which means that if you're trying to do company-wide status reporting, it's going to be all over the place. And it just feels like a different philosophy. And to, to extend this to some newer initiatives, uh, we've observed that Jira Align, which is a, a cloud-first product, actually has a philosophy that's much more like server and DC. If you're doing a lot of customization, uh, that kind of breaks down the reporting and it, and it doesn't work. And so you, you need more of that controlled, standardized approach. The other end of the spectrum, we have Team Central, which very deliberately avoids uh, tie-in with automation and uh, automated reporting and roll-up of stories and, and things like that. So it, it kind of feels to me like Team Central and, and some of the point A tools are thematically or philosophically kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum from a line. And so the question that this raises for me and that I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, um, I know that you know Team Central being more like humans posting to each other instead of a computer display of work in progress, this, this comparison of quantitative and qualitative control and collaboration, like it's not either or, you need both of these. But I, I was curious if, if uh, sort of when it comes to this philosophy of work management and, and design, if this is something you think about and is it part of Atlassian's internal strategy discussions or, you know, is this something that's, you know, these teams align, team central, cloud, server, Jira, Bitbucket, Bamboo, et cetera, are they all just totally disassociated and working independently? Uh, and you sort of said, you know, when team central started, this was just like a you know, Fridays in a room together. But I'm curious, you know, from, from your perspective in Atlassian, uh, is there a guiding strategy? Are these conversations happening? You know, what does the, the future of work kind of look like to you? Yeah, totally. Oh, a lot of stuff in there, uh, Matthew. Um, just unpacking a bit. Uh, so the first topic of um, Jira in, in cloud being a bit more, I feel like, liberated than Jira in server and data center. Um, that is certainly, um, I guess, by design, but it's also, um, I think, where well, all our server customers, are, uh, our central administration champions, are trying to delegate as much as they can, but still retain global reporting and global control of standardization. Um, and so by no means is that um, we're going to create two solutions for that. I think we're now trying to uh, liberate a lot of the Jira administration bottoms up um, that, that, uh, for the mundane tasks where really an administrator doesn't add a lot of value, adding new field types and permission schemes, whatever, but still retain the cross project reporting and consistency and views and that kind of stuff. Um, so I think what you're seeing is just, we're in the middle of a continuous evolution of making Jira more accessible to people, but at the same time, um, changing a lot of the constraints that we initially had, uh, in, uh, the older versions of Jira, 
And don't forget, so Jira Cloud versus Jira Server and Data Center are, are now different products. And so they've got slightly different roadmaps and different prioritization uh, goals. We do have the nice migration path between the two, which is getting better every day. Um, um, so that's 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 been good. So to help customers transition over. And I think Jira Cloud will get more of the uh, and is getting more of the top end enterprise uh, features as it simplifies as well. So it's kind of attacking it from from both ends. Um, so I think you're just seeing more of an evolution here of, of Jira holistically, um, rather than um, you know a, a, a where Jira Cloud is going to be a completely simple version of Jira and Jira's server and data center will be you know, more for the sophisticated customers. No, that's not the case at all. I think we're saying uh, that we want them to be one, but um, there'll be a um, a way to to remove all the mundane tasks that administrators have to do and liberate that, but still uh, let them override things if they need to, et cetera. So that's sort of the Jira stuff. Um, the Team Central Align stuff's an interesting one. Um, they come at a, they come at a similar problem from different perspectives, but also are targeted at companies with quite different cultures. So if I define culture as how work gets done, we know that looks really different between company and company, and even more so different between team and team. Um, Jira Align specifically is targeted towards, um, if you like, the Fortune 200 type of customers that are, have high-end um, sophisticated needs on how they would like to trace uh, reporting all the way from the top level um, all the way down to the work. Um, Team Central is coming at this from a quite a different angle, uh, an angle where it's trying to allow, to allow anyone to broadcast their work in an organization. Um, neither, is, neither is better than the other, I think. It's really just really what is your company's culture and how can Atlassian help you scale and foster that culture uh, more successfully. And so Team Central is focused on communication. If you like more, if you more of a bottoms up approach, we are looking at how we can um, bridge the two um, simply by having common goals and objectives. So it doesn't matter where your tool, which team you want to, which tool you want to use to communicate your work. Um, they can all ladder up to common, uh, you know, goals across the organization. Um, so that's sort of the, the the perspective there. I think you'll find the customers that use, or I'm finding already the customer use Team Central and the people that are interested in a vastly different set of problems and different set of needs actually to the to the aligned customers. Um, so Team Central is coming in usually at the head of a department, like an, a, a manager in, a, in an engineering department or a, or a marketing department that has got probably 20 or 30 sub teams that are all trying to communicate between each other. And the problem they're trying to solve is, hey, look, we know that every team effectively is going to use the tool of their choice to collaborate within their team. So that's a trend we're seeing in the industry. Um, we're, we're makers of Jira Atlassian. I don't think most of us believe Jira is the standard for every single team, but that's why we have Trello. We, we know teams have sophisticated needs and teams have simple needs and teams have somewhere in the middle too. Um, and so we're trying to meet the customer where they're at rather than try to build one tool that can go all the way from a simple Kanban board to sophisticated reporting. And so if we start with that assumption that every team, we want to liberate every team to choose the tool they want, then how do we communicate at scale? It's not by telling them, hey, everyone, get on Jira. It's telling everyone, use the tool that you want. And what we'll do is we'll standardize how you communicate between teams. Let's align on common vocabulary between teams. Um, and that's what Team Central, that's Team Central's approach there. Um, Jira Line, the full stack is Jira, right? So all the way from objectives, all the way to the task is full Jira. And that works for some organizations that are 100% on Jira or, or the most of them Jira or are focused mainly on the IT department, for example, or engineering. Sorry, long way of saying similar problems but different ends of the sophistication spectrum. Um, 
uh, I was trying to find an analogy that works. It's almost like, you know, you kind of go to the supermarket and there's multiple products from the same company and there's a high-end product and there's a product for that's more accessible to more customers. It's sort of like that analogy is what's going on in my head. I don't know if that's working or not or confusing you even more. No, I hear you. But that totally answers my fourth question. So like, good job. You know, the promise yeah. you really good. <laughs> I think um, the important thing for us as a company is to build bridges between these islands now um, because- yeah. Because we know everyone will use a different tool. And so the important thing is make sure the vocabulary and communication between them is there. And as you grow in your needs, you can graduate. So a bridge between Twilo and Jira, a bridge between Jira Work Manager, maybe some customers using Jira software that shouldn't be, that should probably be using Trello. Like, you know, they're finding it too sophisticated for the needs. That's totally fine. Each tool has a different um, strength um, and it's not a one size fits all. One of the things that I... I find really intriguing in Tim Central is some of the thought that goes in behind it. So like the length of status updates and you've limited that to 280 characters and it's controversial. Uh, it's, but the thing is like, we know, and we've known for uh, 50, 60 years now that the majority of time lost uh, in, in projects is at the inter-team communication level. It's trying to communicate between teams you, because you don't have that day-to-day experience with each other to develop the shared vocabulary, to understand the work that the other teams are doing, but you still have to interface with them. And so Team Central trying to facilitate that, but also forcing the communicators to do it in a succinct way, uh, I think is really interesting. And at the same time, enabling them to embed uh, views of things through iframes, through like really smart embedding. Um, I've been, like Brian said, we, we've been geeking out about it. I'm really, really excited for Team Central as well as Compass and product discovery. Um, but, but if I were to say to you, social media for Atlassian, would you say, yep, or would you go, no, 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 no? Uh, Team Central? Yeah. This is the funny thing about Team Central, right? So, I think where challenge we'll have with that, with that, with that product, and it's I'm excited about this challenge. That's why I'm on it. Is I think we're trying to create a communication tool between teams, and and that's a difficult problem to solve because um, everyone thinks their thing is you know their little pet thing is the most important thing. The challenge is communication tools that exist in this space today are effectively like the Yammers and, um, you know, the microblogging tools. Maybe you could argue Slack. But at the end of the day, th- those tools, even Jira, are really, they were designed for collaboration within a team. Like if you drop into another team's room, the signal to noise is like ridiculous, right? There's so much noise. And you you know, as, as an outsider, you really don't want 90% of this information. I used to work on Confluence for seven years. My answer to, to stakeholders or anyone interested or dependent teams is say, follow my space and we'll, you can stay updated. And you're like, they don't want to get 50 billion page updates. Like maybe my immediate team does because there's five of us, but I don't think an outsider does. So that's challenging. So I think social media in, t- in terms of, communication potentially, you know, we clearly got inspiration from um, Twitter's character limit on this. It's fascinating, the character limit one, because it's the hypothesis we had is we'll help people uh, become more effective writers. I think we've achieved that, but we we haven't solved the problem of the friction that the, the, the project lead has we're trying to change people's communication behaviors here. So it's not easy. So um, the initial reaction from most project leads is like, this character limit's driving me nuts. Like, 
And they go through this phase. It's quite fascinating of like this frustration, which we need to find a way to, to ease them into it because it's clearly that's not not acceptable, I think. Um, but then to like, all oh, right, okay, I'm, I'm now getting the hand of the hang of this. I'm trying using linking for detail. I am embedding media, et cetera. You know, you'd see the old classic status report where someone's written a line 50, like if you're reading this, buy me a coffee and no one's read it. And so we're also trying to do things like give the, the project creator like red receipts and is anyone reading your stuff? And we, by the way, we still, let, we still have a way for you to attach a lot of detail if you'd like. And we're gonna, uh, we'll, we'll be working on a feature to, to empower the project list to say, did anyone even click on your details? Like, are we, we wanna save everyone time here. We don't wanna create busy work for you. So there's a perception I need to write every single risk, every single um, decision, every single whatever. And what we've said is just just start with the highlights uh, and then you can go into the detail later. And chances are most people don't even go to the detail. So effective communication is hard. Um, we're doing it today just with projects. That's that's Team Central today. So projects and goals. How do we communicate between teams, projects and goals? Our vision with Team Central is to help teams communicate um, uh, on, on as you know, Alassian does project teams tooling. So we have Jira and, and, and Trello, et cetera. We also have tools that help teams that provide help for other, other teams for the rest of the organization, such as Jira Service Desk or Help. Um, if you like, let's call them service teams uh, for now. Communication between service teams is also pretty hard. So the same trend we're seeing in project teams, which is I'm going to use Trello, I'm going to use Monday, I'm going to use a spreadsheet, I'm going to use Asana, like every team uses their own thing. Um, the same thing is happening in the um, help space between teams. So it's like, I'm going to use a shared email mailbox, email my team if you need help. I'm going to use um, Zendesk. I'm going to use JSM. I'm going to use help, whatever it is. Um, and so we're now starting to explore this communication problem, but for service teams as well, not just um, project teams. The sum of all of it combined, uh, if you like, Ryan, just connected back to your question, is it does feel a bit... Um, uh, social media-ish in terms of like, it's effectively the old, in, you know, the uh, maybe a modern take on an old market, the internets back in the day, centrally command and controlled, one person sort of controls the comms. Maybe this is changing. We think the market's changing so that everyone broadcasts their work, but broadcasts it not in a way where anyone can post a status update on anything. That's a bit like microblogging style, but posting it from a lens of work that makes sense, whether it be a help a help item, a project, or a goal. Those are the kinds of the things that most organizations have to, to move work forward, projects and teams that help each other, and they're all aligned to some objective, broader objectives. So we're trying to create these contexts where people can share their updates and frame it from an organizational um, construct, if you like. don't know if that made sense. Absolutely. Fantastic. We just talked about Team Central. We've got the other products. <laughs> well, but yeah. Well, so the thing is, we, we haven't been able to get our hands on the other products as much because oh, uh, work management is so is limited, you know, right now to um, to get it free for uh, for ten users and really keen to see Compass and product discovery. Um, we're hoping maybe maybe you can confirm some wild speculation here. Yeah, we we're hoping like that, that we would love our wild speculation here on the the Adaptive Slide podcast. So as as uh, point A distinguished product manager. Um, Maybe tell us a little bit what we can expect from, particularly, I think, product discovery. We're, here's what we're hoping from the one sentence we have on the point A page and what little we heard during the keynote. Are we going to get some customer-facing and interactive uh, product road mapping tooling out of point A? Is that the direction you're headed where we can you know, have like some really nice road mapping tools for customers to interact with and share 
their thoughts and, and input and submit things to us? Was that, uh, is, is yeah, that good, on the... Uh, yeah, good question. I'm, I'm lucky enough. I've been using Polaris a lot to help us build Team Central inside Atlassian. So that's kind of been really nice to... And the Polaris team is using Team Central to communicate ads, like super meta. But anyway, um, yeah, like Polaris is really helping product teams, especially the product managers. Um, but you realize it's not just the product managers. It's, you know, the engineering leaders and the designers to, to just build the right products. And it tries to do that um, through a few key pillars. Um, the main thing that it starts with is this capture of story. So you, you've got a ton of inputs from a wide variety of sources, um, you know, issue collectors, feedback forms, whatever it is, and you want to centralize them in one place. So it does, um, that's one of my favorite things that I'm using with it right now, it lets you capture a wide variety of qualitative and quantitative sources and connect them to central problems and ideas that your team might have. So that, you know, you can pull up this vague idea, for example, in Team Central, you know, a lot of customers asking us for automation. I'm like, okay, what does that mean in the, in the, in the world of Team Central? I can go in there and I can see there's 50 references of this across our service desk, across, um, you know, our help portal, across our community, et cetera. So it helps me capture that stuff so that I can prioritize, if that makes sense. So I can capture a bunch of qualitative resources and see the trends evolving now uh, from these qualitative resources. And then I can start to engage the rest of my team and possibly my customers. Um, they're not there, but they've explored a few ideas here to help our, uh, help our team and customers decide on what is the best way to get input from them on. Now that we have these 20 things we could do, how do we work out what the most effective thing is to do here, right? So uh, they may do things like um, play, play a $10 game together and they can say, all right, if you have $10 to spend, where would you spend it? That kind of stuff to help uh, teams with sort of frameworks and techniques to move from lots of things to action. Uh, and then how to transition that into delivery. So that's I think that's where Polaris Magic comes in. Um, currently thinking Polaris will be a Jira app on top of Jira. And so the transitioning between um, idea and problem to backlog will be seamless. And you'll often, often realize actually the other way around. Sometimes you put something in your backlog, start exploring it, and it's not what you thought it was. And you can send it back sort of thing. Um, and so it's tr trying to solve that problem, the capture engage your team and your customers, prioritize the work, and then take it to delivery. And you've used the the name Polaris a few times, which I'm guessing is an internal name. Uh, is that an internal oh, name sorry. for Jira yeah, product sorry. discovery? Here we go. Oh, this is back to the code names. <laughs> sorry, Jira product. Everything I just said for Polaris is Jira product discovery. Cool. We were just having a call a discussion before the podcast on our internal code names and how it's confusing everyone. Team Central had a bunch of different names. Um, and uh, yes, Jira product discovery is what I was referring to, Polaris. All right. I do like Polaris, by the way. It's kind of like the North Star sort of thing. Anyway, that is nice. So I, th though, as you were describing it, I was like, wait, but Polaris star is that correlated to compass um ah, that's which is also one. about yeah, a direction yeah. we'll have to do uh, another podcast for that one Jeez. is it Sirius <laughs> orion or the pleiades i'm not sure <laughs> all right so sharif we will certainly point our listeners to the point a homepage on our show notes but is there a roadmap that people can publicly access where else can where else can people get in uh keep an eye on what you're up to 
Yeah, so if you jump into the uh, atlassian.com slash point hyphen A to try stuff, that's the best thing to try stuff, put yourself on the wait list. If you'd love to um, start discussing and seeing what's coming up next and all that stuff, jump onto the Atlassian community. There is a point A group. And in there, you'll see Jira Work Management, uh, Team Central, Polaris, uh, Jira Product Discovery, I did it again there, is there, <laughs> and Compass is there as well. So jump in and engage with other customers and the community. Help shape the future of these products because really, if you're an early customer, I, it, it is a big ask. Um, but the, the the advantage you get is that you really do help shape the future of the product. And you know, um, we're lucky enough to have an amazing customer base that's happy to do that. So thank you, folks, for that have done that so far and and jump in. Sharif Mansour, most noble and highly distinguished product manager at Atlassian. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Matthew, for having me. Ryan, when you introduced that segment, you didn't you didn't twist your mustache enough. We really have to distinguished product manager. We, we've got to get our monocle and we've got to twist the mustache a little bit more. you got to get some wax on there. My monocle's at the shop. Ah. <laughs> well... Listeners, that is it for this episode of Adaptivist Live. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate it. Make sure that you connect with us on social at Adaptivist. So until next time, for Matthew Stubblefield, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll catch you later on Adaptivist Live. And yeah, start that whole thing yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just an unmitigated disaster. <clears throat>